there comes a point in our lives when we strive to define our true meaning and purpose. Many of us move through our existence day after day, living through the same cycles and patterns that leave us feeling unfulfilled and searching for more. For those of us seeking a way to transform life, to capture fulfillment in every moment, to redefine how we perceive the truths of our reality so we can live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every day. Are you living? Are you killing time? Hey everyone, welcome back to today's episode. Like I always do, I use what's bubbling up in my life as inspiration for what I wanna talk about on the show. Uh, what I talk to people about through the circles of different conversations I'm engaged in through Clubhouse and social media. Um, because whatever it is I'm growing through is extremely relevant with the energy that's all behind it. So bringing that to the episodes that I'm about to record it just seems appropriate and it just seems to be what's the most pertinent thing that seems to pop up in conversation with everyone. So whatever it is that I'm sort of magnetizing towards me, it seems like it's something else other people are going through as well. It's also just helpful because this platform is just an excellent tool to express what's going on and help others who might be going through some similar type of stuff. And use this type of thing to get through some of their own challenges. We all go through so many similar things in life and different frequencies, different degrees, greater degrees, lesser. But I feel like if the lesson is related or I guess relevant in some sort of way to what people are having bubble up in their lives, someone's going to interpret what it is that I'm processing, implying my knowledge to. And people can then rediscover that knowledge about themselves because really all of this stuff is all within us. It's just a matter of remembering. You know, it's amazing to me, the more we learn about the way that we operate and the way that we can heal and learn from experience and, you know, how really good all these challenges can actually tend to be for us ultimately in life, our lives get so much easier especially during the most difficult times. Life gets so much easier because you know this isn't just another episode of like life sucks, you know? It's it's a part of the episode right before things get better. You have to look at these snippets of your life and just because you've had a few bad days or a stretch, it doesn't mean that those are individual episodes. You know, it could just be the beginning of the specific episode where you have this grand finale where things just turn around and get so much better. And then a whole other episode of your life starts after that challenge is over and another challenge bubbles up and so on. That's life. But the coolest part is all of this stuff, it isn't stuff that we really have to study for years and years and years. This isn't trigonometry. This isn't quantum physics. This isn't a foreign language. All of this knowledge is something that's already existed within you. It's been within all of us all the time. And we just have to dig in deep and rediscover all of this. We have to read deeply into the book of ourselves and rediscover all of this knowledge. And I think that's probably one of the coolest things about 
all of the self-discovery and self-improvement stuff that you can dive into. People ask me, how do you know so much of this stuff? I'm fortunate enough to have a, a kind of an extraordinary memory and processing and all that stuff I've had for a huge part of my life. I'm fortunate in that sense. But it's really, it doesn't take that. This stuff isn't that complicated. And once you, you know, quote, know, you realize that you always kind of, quote, knew. But this week I got onto the subject of what does it take really to be happy? And I'm saying this from a pure place of vulnerability, something that I'm also growing a lot into, um, sort of coming out of a, a space of being a very private and sort of like invincible type of guy that I did for so long. Exposing a soft spot is, is extremely difficult for me. Um, but it's all part of the evolutionary process to really incorporate all of that stuff into our being. If we are on this far end of a spectrum, we are on this polar opposite of what vulnerable might be, we have to incorporate the other side of that to really transcend that duality and really try to become a more whole and complete person. So I had to ask myself the question, what does it take to be happy? What will it actually take for me to get into my life? What sort of things am I actually striving for to arrive at that place of happy? Because I'll be honest, in the last couple of weeks, it's been a struggle to actually feel happy. And I can say it was for no reason, but I mean, I can go into a few things that have kind of bumbled up that would... I guess, be my argument against the the whole no reason. I have a few different reasons. So, you know, my life crazy as always. Um, had a few weeks of stretch here that was crazier than normal. Um, my grandmother, who was really close, my whole childhood, the woman really raised me when my mom was working several jobs. My dad moved across the country. And she, her health was just really, really bad. It's been going on for months now. Um, and she had a few significant series of weeks where she was just in really bad health, ended up in the hospital and she passed on transitioned to the next state of being. And when she passed, you know, it was somewhat expected, you know, she was 82 years old. I had the guilt set in and it was something I knew I was going to be feeling at some point, the guilt of not being there as much as I wished I had been. Uh, at one point, the first house that we bought was literally back to back to their property. I used to see her all the time. And then we moved and life just got extremely busy with everything I have going on. And for this woman being the biggest female influence, you know, second biggest female influence in my life growing up. And now I had to deal with not being able to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to go see her next week. And the next week was always, you know, I'm so busy, but I'll go next week. That the whole scenario coupled with being overworked and I wasn't able to take full bereavement days to even process this entire thing. You know, work constantly hounding me days where I said I was going to be out and I ended up being there six hours, you know, instead of being completely out. Um, and then fully know what's going on. That bothered me as well. Um, there's just no escape sometimes. And I got this stuff going on with, we got like a 17 year old dog. Um, we're guessing he's going to be moving on in the next month or two extremely old and we can't really leave them with a house sitter anymore. So this year we don't have our typical summer vacation like we usually have. I mean, we usually spend the entire summer at the ocean in Cape Cod. 
um, you know, were there off and on weeks at a time. And uh, on top of that, I had a real estate deal of something we're trying to work on. And the person's just constantly trying to raise the price and, and get more money out of us, um, thinking we can afford it. And it's just a lot of downer stuff, stuff that normally I don't deal with. And now I've got these things. So yeah, there's my sob story, you know, all the reasons to feel down. And I've been finding myself in the mornings in this place. You know, I wake up, I have my coffee and I'm waiting for the water to get hot. And while I'm sitting there, I'm in a pretty low place. And once I go meditate, I, go, I get in, you know, out of my head, get into more of a now moment. And I'm not in such a sort of downer, depressed, I wouldn't even call it depressed, but it's just a downer state. And I come out of it, I'm fine, and I move on through my day, and everything's fine from that point on. It's that morning period, I'm not sure what it is. Now, given the death of my grandmother and, and you know, the other things that might be going on, none, none of this stuff is really life-altering. You know, and people might be saying like, oh, you poor baby, you can't, you know, be on the Cape all summer long. Um, you know, you don't have your additional real estate thing going on, whatever it is, you know. And that's my point. Like, I'm kind of disappointed in myself of having sort of these like first world privileged kind of problems. And that's what's bringing me down with all the things that are going on in the world. I'm feeling this way, which is something I just can't help. It's just a state that I was in in these mornings. And when I try to think of why. These are the things that are bubbling up. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, I know a bunch of so many major things that are going on in this world. And this is really what I'm letting drag me down. I'm disappointed in myself. But I found my way out of it. And, you know, the kind of things that tend to drag us down really don't deserve that space in our lives. I mean, to balance it all out, there's a ton of good stuff that's still there. Um, you know, and when I listed out all, all the good things that I have in my life, uh, everything I could possibly think of to be grateful for versus the list of things that I felt like I was lacking in, it was pathetic. It wasn't even close. The two lists weren't even comparable. The gratitude list was pages long. The other thing was just so minimal and the things that were on there were just really minuscule. It just put things into perspective. So I guess that's an exercise that people can, you know, maybe use if you're having similar issues, but it goes to show you. If you're relying on something on the external to bring you happiness, you'll find that once that thing arrives, happiness may still be out of your reach or it can easily jump out of your reach once you're in that place of happiness that you're waiting to arrive in. You know, it said rich people can be just as miserable as the rest of us. They're just in a nicer part of town, more expensive part of town. And we'll dive down all of that in a moment. I want to mention quickly that a previous episode that we just did, episode number 81, featured the chairman and president of Hemisync, Garrett Stevens. If you haven't listened to that episode or do not know what Hemisync is, it's an amazing consciousness-shifting series of audio tracks designed to put the brain in certain states of mind, like studying, sleep, and beyond. And if you use the code LIVETHISLIFE on their website through the month of July 2021, you will save 20% on their products. Now I've been using Hemisync for a while and then very consistently for the last few months and I have to say the differences in some of my meditative practices have been profound. Download the Hemisync app or go to hemisync.com and check out what they're all about. You won't be disappointed and be sure to use that coupon code if you find something that intrigues you. One great sponsor I want to talk about is our new partner Organifi. 
I've been taking their supplements and products for several months now, and I have to say, after trying so many things over the years, these products are truly life-changing. I'm someone who doesn't allow anything into my body that is not of the highest quality, and this company goes above and beyond to certify the purity of their products many, many times over. It is just an amazing company with amazing people and an outstanding mission, and I couldn't be happier to support them. For the warmer months, I am all about the green juice. It's a micronutrient-dense mix of some of the most powerful superfoods on the planet. I use this amazing stuff in combination with several other fresh greens to make a powerhouse drink to start off my day every single day. Check this out and all of their amazing products at OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I-S-H-O-P.com. And if you find something you want to check out, Use the coupon code LIVETHISLIFE, all one word, to save 15% off of your purchase. So what does it take to be happy? Think about it. What more do you need to have in your life right now to be happy? Is it ever enough? How many points have you been in your life where you've gotten something and then something else has bubbled up where you're like, well, I just want that thing too and then I'll be happy. You know, we have to ask ourselves, Will there always be something that's just out of your reach that you're trying to grasp and then you're setting yourself up for that never-ending unreachable trophy that you're going to be chasing to infinity? It's so true. You can have it all. You can have everything in this world going for you. You can have so many cool things on the horizon. You can have all of this potential for accomplishment and great things on the cusp of life. And all you're doing is looking at the short list and not being able to see the forest through the trees, meaning you let the the trees block the view of the forest that's right in front of your face. You don't see the big picture of the things that are already right there. They're right there. You're in the forest already. And people don't realize that their happiness is already there. The things that bring us the longest and most profound happiness are the things that we already have inside, beside, outside, things that surround us all around our lives. There's so much in our lives to be grateful for. We have to see that the trees being our problems can block the view of something so much grander and that really all of it's connected for the same overall purpose. Without the small dips in life, without the challenges, without the little things bubbling up, something to just kind of throw a wrench in the mix, you won't have that contrast. You won't have that contrast of difficulty. You know, you take my life for example. If every single thing came to me without a challenge, I'm fortunate enough that every single time I try to pursue something, I seem to ultimately get it. Most of the time, huge winning percentage on stuff. It's great. I'm totally appreciative for it. I've recognized it for years. But then I'm also a spoiled brat. When something just doesn't go my way, this is my reaction. And here I am doing an entire episode about, you know, the the minuscule things that I have let sort of put a downer on a point in my life when there's so many other big things going on in this world. But without some of those challenges, without those moments to pause and reflect, I, I just don't think that we get that sort of like cattle prod to motivate us back into a state of gratitude. And I know that is something that I have let slide off of my plate lately. Without those little dips in life, without some sort of a loss, without the potential of things being taken away, 
we just forget how valuable the things that we have in our life really are. It's really discovered about how valuable something is once we either A, lose them, or B, experience the opposite of the thing that we want. And we realize the value of that thing. Maybe once we've lost it, you know, the whole don't know what you got until it's gone. I have so many things in my life right now going on for me. This show is just doing amazing. Month after month, things just keep getting bigger. My full-time obligations just negotiated a huge two-year contract with me. I'm chairman of the board of my town. Relationship, health-wise, like everything is going great. I literally couldn't be on a faster rocket ship. I've never had so many great things going on in my life. But for some stupid reason, I wasn't seeing that. I wasn't seeing the forest. I was letting the trees, some very small trees, block my view. And when I realized it, it really bothered me. When I, re I had to sit there and actually dig deep and say, what is going on? And I had to put that list together and, and write down the things that were actually bothering me. What was it? Minuscule stuff. What do we need to be happy? What, what are you looking for? Like, what is it? A new car, a new relationship, more stuff, trips. What is it? And don't get me wrong, there are legitimate reasons that other people might have to not be happy. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Some of the people that I'm talking to and reaching out to and doing coaching with and stuff, they have some serious challenges in their life. They have a reason to kick the can down the road. But don't also, don't get me wrong, like there's things that can always be better in our lives. We could, you know, have enough time and money so we could buy a house at the beach and I could bring my dog down there with us for the last few months of his life, you know, that would be like a dream answer. That's like all problem solved, right? But would there be still be something missing after not having an appreciative mindset? Enough money, all that stuff could happen for me. You know, a huge part of my life would improve. I could do whatever I wanted to with my 40 hours a week and I could do something that was so much more high vibe than the things I'm obligated to do. But, you know, money and those kind of adjustments can make a huge difference. But is that what it takes really? Is that the only thing that can do it? And I can make the argument that, you know, I'm a bit burned out, I have to say. I can make the argument that I'm truly burned out. So, you know, if I don't get some sort of a break, everybody needs their break and vacation. I think that's all probably part of it. Um, you know, I do need to get away from this area and everything for a little while. Everybody needs that every once in a while. Um, but right now I can't. And that's just how it is. But it's a lesson on being okay no matter what bubbles up. Being okay on the here and now. There are people out there who maybe have received like a horrible health diagnosis. There's you know, someone out there, millions of dollars in the bank and would trade it to just be healthy because they've gotten some bad news. Someone who's lost someone and would trade everything they have just to have that person back. And, you know, here I am, here are some other people in similar circumstances complaining about what's not going on in their life that they feel is an injustice or things that might be bringing them down. And it's that perspective that I have to bring myself down to sometimes just to be appreciative for the many, many gifts that I have, the many gifts that I have in health and everything else, and just be overjoyed at what I have. And it's amazing how you can go from one spectrum to the other just by changing that perspective in a matter of minutes. We can search the world and see that some of the people in this world who have the least amount of possessions, the least amount of money, 
are the happiest in life. They don't really care about the things that they, they don't have. They're just happy to be. They're happy to exist. And some of the most miserable people on the planet are some of the wealthiest. They're just miserable and unfulfilled. I've seen it. I've met them, interacted with them. But seeking the joy in something else that you need to have come up, something that is on the horizon, something you're anticipating. If this one thing comes up, I'll be happy. If I just get this one thing or meet this one person or have this $1 amount in my bank account, that will be my destination of happiness. I remember having exactly the same exact feeling in 2017 when I was going through a huge amount of anxiety and depression. The One of the worst times in my life, that was one of the worst years in my life. Um, definitely going through what they define as the dark night of the soul. Everything was shifting in my life. And I said that I would just be happy when I got to the Cape, when I got to Cape Cod. And we had several weeks that we actually went down there. And I got down there on vacation and I just couldn't wait to get there. Once I was able to get there, everything would be okay. And I got there and it took me days. You know, we're there seven, eight days in a row. It took me days to just come down. And then I realized by the time I was able to actually like recognize and realize that I was there on vacation and unwind, I was halfway through my vacation and I blew those days just being miserable. Then I was upset about that. I was upset at myself for blowing some of the limited amount of time that I had with my family and not just the limited weeks, like the limited part of my kid's life. Like I missed this vacation at this point in his life and what are you doing? You know, you're, you're trashing this vacation. So then I'm miserable for the rest of the vacation because I had sort of wrecked the first half for myself. And then I'm miserable because I know that I'm going home in three days, two days, one day. And then on the ride home, I'm an absolute mess with no vacation on the horizon. You know, maybe another one coming up in a few weeks. But it was that destination that I was relying on to get me through whatever it is I was going through. And then that time, that, that time came and went. And then I had nothing. So then I needed something else after that to get me through. And then we went on another vacation after that. And it was the same kind of circumstance. I, I did a little bit better, but it was always something else that I needed to get me to that state. Do you see the vicious cycle that happens with this? What happens when you get that thing that you need? What will be the next thing that's going to have to rescue you? The treadmill just never ends. You don't wait for the next thing. Let the next thing just be something that's going to enhance your state of being because you're already in a great place. Make you happier, but don't wait for it to be the catalyst of happiness. Don't allow it to get a grip on you so deeply that it holds your happiness hostage. So you have to basically rescue it with some sort of vice only to have it stolen again when that new shininess of that thing you were waiting for wears off. Trust me, it happens over and over like clockwork. And if you don't believe me, look outside of you with people who you might know who have already done something like this. The types of people who are always getting a new car, moving on to a new relationship, something that they've always done to sort of bring something new into their life, to get that dopamine hit and stay ahead of themselves. Being happy in any state basically guarantees that no matter what you have going on, no matter what it is, you're going to be great. And when the great things come into your life, it adds that much more enjoyment. It makes the sweet things that much sweeter.
But to do that, you have to break the patterns that you've built. I know for myself, negative patterns have just been ingrained into my life from a younger age all the way up through adulthood. There's just looking at the worst in people, the worst in life. It was a survival mechanism. Predicting the bad things that might happen is something that kept you potentially alive. And for a lot of us, we're put in that survival mode. We're always just looking for that danger, that that negative thing, because that's what's going to hurt. So to avoid that pain, we're always looking out for it. But in turn, we're constantly putting ourselves in that vibe of the negative things are always coming. We're not looking at the good things that are already there. And we have to break those neural patterns. We have to break those hardwired neurological patterns that are in our brains. Our brains are malleable. Neuroplasticity is a thing. We can rewire our brains no matter how hard-grained we are. You know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's bull. Science says our brains are very malleable. We have neuroplasticity. And you may have 20, 30, 40 years worth of patterns built up before you try and actually shift things. It may be a little bit harder after all that time, but it's still possible. And the actual neural pathways that you have get wired in certain ways and they lead you right to certain ways of solving problems in life. And to solve a problem, you have to sort of think about it. And when our problems are just the negative things, we're just constantly bringing that awareness and wiring our brain just in that manner. And if that's the only thing you're thinking about, that's the only perspective that pervades your existence. So think about it. If you have all the same patterns, you can't expect anything else to come out of your life. You have to break that cycle. You have to break the program that your neural uplinks, your whole neural patterns are making for you. Because if you don't, you can see what this is going to lead to. I've explained it this whole episode. No matter how good it gets in life, it's never going to be good enough. So to give an authority on this subject of breaking the pattern of your mind and getting out of your patterns of life, here is the man that literally wrote the book on the subject, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. This, and he's also the star of the Gaia show, Rewired. This is Dr. Joe Dispenza. People wake up in the morning, uh, they begin to think about their problems. Those problems are circuits of memories in the brain. Each one of those memories are connected to people and things at certain times and places. And if the brain is a record of the past, the moment they start their day, they're already thinking in the past. Each one of those memories has an emotion. Emotions are the end product of past experiences. So the moment they recall those memories of their problems, they all of a sudden feel unhappy, they feel sad, they feel pain. Now, how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. So the person's entire state of being when they start their day is in the past. So what does that mean? The familiar past will sooner or later be predictable future. So if you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny and you can't think greater than how you feel, or feelings have become the means of thinking, by very definition of emotions, you're thinking in the past. And for the most part, you're gonna keep creating the same life. So then people grab their cell phone, they check their WhatsApp, they check their texts, they check their emails, they check Facebook, they take a picture of their feet, they post it on Facebook, they tweet something, they do Instagram, uh, they check the news, and now they feel really connected to everything that's known in their life. And then they go through a series of routine behaviors. 
They get out of bed on the same side, they go to the toilet, they get a cup of coffee, they take a shower, they get dressed, they drive to work the same way, they do the same things, they see the same people, they push the same emotional buttons, and that becomes the routine, and it becomes like a program. So now they've lost their free will to a program, and there's no unseen hand doing it to them. So when it comes time to change, the redundancy of that cycle becomes a subconscious program. So now 95% of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a memorized set of behaviors, emotional reactions, unconscious habits, hardwired attitudes, beliefs, and perceptions that function like a computer program. So then a person can say with their 5% of their conscious mind, I want to be healthy, I want to be happy, I want to be free. But the body's on a whole different program. So then how do you begin to make those changes? Well, you have to get beyond the analytical mind because what separates the conscious mind from the subconscious mind is the analytical mind. And that's where meditation comes in because you can teach people through practice how to change their brainwaves, slow them down. And when they do that properly, they do enter the operating system where they can begin to make some really important changes. So um, most people then wait for crisis or trauma or disease or diagnosis. You know, they wait for loss, uh, some tragedy to make up their mind to change. And my message is why wait? And, and you can learn and change in a state of pain and suffering or you can learn and change in a state of joy and inspiration. And I think right now, the cool thing is that people are waking up. Most people spend 70% of their life living in survival and living in stress. So they're, they're always anticipating the worst case scenario based on a past experience. And they're literally, out of the infinite potentials in the quantum field, they're selecting the worst possible outcome and they're beginning to emotionally embrace it with fear. And they're conditioning their body into a state of fear. Do that enough times, body has a panic attack without you. You, you can't even predict it because it's programmed subconsciously. So people become addicted to the rush of those emotions and they use the problems and conditions in their life to reaffirm their limitation so at least they can feel something. So now when it comes time to change, you say to the person, why are you this way? Well, every time they recall the event, they're producing the same chemistry in their brain and body as if the event is occurring. Firing and wiring the same circuits and sending the same emotional signature to the body. Well, what's the relevance behind that? Well, your body is your unconscious mind. In a sense, if you're sitting down and you start thinking about uh, some future worst case scenario that you're conjuring up in your mind and you begin to feel the emotion of that event, your body doesn't know the difference between the event that's taking place in your world, outer world, and what you're creating by emotion or thought alone. So most people then, they're, they're constantly reaffirming their emotional states. So when it comes time to give up that emotion, they can say, I really want to do it. But really, the body is stronger than the mind because it's been conditioned that way. So the servant now has become the master. And the person, all of a sudden, once they step into that unknown, they'd rather feel guilt and suffering because at least they can predict it. Being in the unknown is a scary place for most people because the unknown is uncertain. And people say to me, well, I can't predict my future. I'm in the unknown. And I always say the best way to predict your future is to create it not from the known, but from the unknown. What thoughts do you want to fire and wire in your brain? What behaviors do you want to demonstrate in one day? The act of rehearsing them mentally, closing your eyes, and rehearsing the action, 
they're rehearsing the reaction of what you want or the yeah, action? Yeah, the action of what you want. By closing your eyes and mentally rehearsing some action, if you're truly present, the brain does not know the difference between what you're imaging and what you're experiencing in 3D world. So then you begin to install the neurological hardware in your brain to look like the event has already occurred. Now, your brain is no longer a record of the past. Now it's a map to the future. And if you keep doing it, priming it that way, the hardware becomes a software program. And who knows, you just may start acting like a happy person. And then I think the, the hardest part is to teach our body emotionally what the future will feel like ahead of the actual experience. So what does that mean? You can't wait for your success to feel empowered. You can't wait for your wealth to feel abundant. You can't wait for your, your new relationship to feel love or uh, uh, your healing to feel whole. I mean, that's the old model of reality of cause and effect, you know, waiting for something outside of us to change how we feel inside of us. And when we feel better inside of us, we pay attention to whoever or whatever caused it. But, what that means then is that from the Newtonian world is that most people spend their whole life living in lack, waiting for something to change out there. What do you mean the Newtonian world? The Newtonian world is all about the predictable. It's all about predicting the future. But the quantum model of reality is, is about causing an effect. The moment you start feeling abundant and worthy, you are generating wealth. The moment you're empowered and feel it, you're beginning to step towards your success. This guy has definitely influenced my life in immense ways. When you let the memories of the past dictate the patterns of your life, you'll be destined to repeat those patterns. If you're able to envision your future and feel it forward, you can't help but be grateful for it. And when it opens up, everything will open up, including that box that you keep your happiness locked away in. <sighs> Such enlightening stuff. When you take this perspective you'll be amazed at how much better you'll feel almost in instantaneously. All right, so I'm going to head out on this one. And I have to say, being on the other side of this funk that I was in over a few weeks has made me even more grateful for everything that I've had going on. I think I lost my way as far as expressing gratitude, and I think it was just overdue. It was the universe's way of kicking me in the ass and saying, hey, you haven't said thank you in quite a while. You know, you've got a lot to be thankful for. It all happens for a reason. And I'm grateful for all the connections of the people that I've made. And having talked to a few people who are going through some rough patches recently, um, you know, I'm not afraid to say, you know what? Yeah, I haven't felt the greatest myself either. You know, because this is the last thing I'll say before I wrap up. There's a lot of fluff in the whole personal development realm that you're not allowed to have a slump. You know, apparently when you hit a certain level, you know, to have your cred, you're not allowed to have a bad day. You know, if you're doing all of this stuff and your happiness meter isn't on a 10 out of 10 all the time, you're a fraud. And I can't stand that. You know, that's like saying an auto mechanic have their car break down or a doctor can't get sick. You know, that's BS. The difference is, is those who know, know how to fix it. And here I am, recognized the problem, saw the check engine lights come on, pulled over, pulled out my toolkit, fixed the car back on the highway. And eventually everybody who's listening to stuff like this, following people like Joe Dispenza, eventually you're going to have enough tools in the toolkit and know how to use them as well. So when your check engine lights come on, you're able to recognize it, stop the car for a minute, check out things and get yourself back on the road. And after hearing episodes like this, you're on that road. Now you know too. 
So I'm going to leave you with the song from Soul Rising. That's S-O-L Rising. And I know this one is a repeat. I played this one way back in the beginning, but I thought it was perfect for this episode. This one's from the 2019 album, The Chill Out Sessions 2. It's called Live in Happiness. Also, don't forget to check out the new YouTube channel for Live This Life. Also, find us on Instagram and Facebook, um, either on the Live This Life pages or my personal pages. Um, also, find me on Clubhouse as well for some of the amazing live conversations that I get into with people of these similar circles. Um, if you need an invite to Clubhouse because it's invite only, hit me up, send me some sort of a message. You can email me at connect at livethislife.org for any reason. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me just Give me a couple days, it's getting a little overwhelming. That email address is C-O-N-N-E-C-T at livethislife.org. Um, or you can book a time to actually chat with me from the Calendly page. You can find it at calendly.com forward slash live this life. Keep living in happiness, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you.